I don't know who to trust. I don't know who to believe. Everyone's going this way and that way. And I just, I can't keep up. Yeah, I can't keep up, but I'm highly annoyed with some people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. And uh, we, got a, we got a good good old bunch of comics to talk about today. A stack. Just nice a, stack. A few. A little few. A little few. You all right? No, clearly I can't make a sentence. Just a little few bit of comics. We just got some comics of a few just, to just talk about. Just a dash of comics. More than a little, but more than a few. <laughs> What's the rundown, Alicia? <laughs> oh, man. Well, we've got three Infinity Comics. We've got Marvel Voices, number 49, Love Unlimited, number 46, and X-Men Unlimited, number 83. Then for those tangible books. The tangies. We've got The Excellent, number two, Extreme X-Men, number five, New Mutants, Lethal Legion, number two, Bishop War College, number three, X-Force, number 39, and... Nightcrawlers, number three. But before we can get into any of that, we must talk about the news. Hey, we got a, a, a little bit of some news. Oh, really? A little tidbit of something, a few bits of news? Stop it. Magneto. What? Is getting his own little miniseries set back in time. What? Not not a Krakoan. It's a, another time point. Okay. I could, I could tell by the confusion and or excitement on your face that I was misleading you a little bit with how I let in. But he is getting, like, like X-23 right. is doing. You know, like, like Gambit. And Gambit, yeah. And Storm that's coming. And Storm, yes. Magneto. Okay. J.M. DeMattis and Tom Nayok explore Magneto's character-redefining era as headmaster. New solo series, a new limited series set during his tenure as the headmaster to the New Mutants launches in August. The series will also feature the first appearance of Iray, a new character from Magneto's villainous early days. Ooh, I like this news. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The cover cover looks great. What? Kind of the split of where Magneto is in between the Brotherhood and the New Mutants. Whoa. As he's going through this character redefining time. Whoa. Sick. That's exciting. Yeah. It's a four issue miniseries starts, I believe, in August. Cool. Yes. What else? What else is in the news? Hold your horses. Can't. They're running free. X Men solicits for oh. July. Oh. oh. All the covers. All the reveals, kind of a little spoilery if you're not wanting to know who captured Rogue and Gambit. Whoops. Oh (laughs) my gosh, really? Yeah, I did it to myself because I can't stop my eyes. I don't know if I want you to tell me. No, I think it's better if you have it revealed to you rather than have it just... Gosh, Marvel. Well, I mean, you know, that makes me feel like it's going to reveal in the third... No, this was the third issue, was it? I don't know. Yes, this was the third issue. So it'll definitely reveal on the fourth issue because the cover was for the fifth. Ugh. And he was on it. Oh, man. You want to talk about covers? You want to talk about solicits? Let's talk about the Hellfire Gala. Oh, my God. There's so many looks. There's so many looks. All sorts of looks everywhere. 
there's so many looks and I like I don't know which one to make I thought I knew what I was doing I had a plan in place and then they came out with all these looks and then you posted the three the my three girls all together together and I was like okay within that three is the original one that I was planning on doing but now who was that Emma Oh. I've done a Laura, and that's not Laura. That's that's talent. That's talent, yeah. Who matches Sink's outfit? And I I've done Shout a Kate. Shout out to Mahmoud Azrar, who's just designs are looking great. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't done an Emma, so I was like, oh, I'm gonna do Emma this year, and then <sighs> see more images of Kate, and I'm like, but Kate's my girl, and she's going through some stuff, so I don't know. I can't say what's going to happen, but something is going to happen. I feel torn in a million directions. The people on Instagram on my page voted for Kate. I did too. You voted for Kate? I voted for Kate, but I forgot about this internal struggle that you're currently going through. It's okay. It's okay. Something will happen. The Marvel app. Okay. The app that I redeem my comics in, so I buy Tangies. You get the Tangies. And I get the codes in the back, and you can redeem them for digital copies. That's for the Digis. Uh, no. <laughs> Isn't that a Pokemon? Digimon. Oh, that's a whole other thing. Offshoot of Pokemon, yeah. Uh, who, who knows? Whatever. Um, <laughs> Marvel Comics app. Yes. Where I redeem them. They are sunsetting the app. They're, what? It is becoming sunsetting? no more. Sunsetting? It is finishing. Is this like a like a sad way of saying they're killing it? No, they can't. They, they're they sunsetting it. Closing its time in the same way that... <laughs> Netflix DVDs are no more, soon to be. So what what does that mean for you? How do you redeem your comics? Merging with Marvel Unlimited, which suspect. But we have talked about that. Like, why isn't it all together? Right. This, this app, the Marvel Comics app, had previously been run by Comixology that handles all of the digital comics and mm-hmm. the, the new transfer to digital form. And they've been going through some cutbacks over the last few months. Oh, yeah. So... Because it's merging. Oh, Jiminy Crickets. Well, well how are they going to... So there's going to be like a differentiation between getting the ones you pay for are obviously not just available. On right. Unlimited. So you can buy them through the Marvel Unlimited app, seemingly. And you can also redeem through the Marvel Unlimited app. All right. We'll see. Makes sense, honestly. Yeah. Hey, all you know, in one place. You know what makes sense? You know what's now all going to be in one place? What? Or at least most in one place? All the Spider-Man movies, Disney Plus oh, is yeah. getting the I Spider-Man saw. movies. I Spider-Man saw that. One, Two, and Three with Toby, Amazing Spider-Man One and Two with Andrew, and Spider-Man Homecoming only with Tom. I saw that only yeah. Homecoming. Why uh, only Homecoming? So I have theories around it, but they're, they're just theories. No details have been revealed about why not all of them, but I think it has to do with distribution deals already being set elsewhere. So I believe the other two. Tom Holland movies are currently on Stars, which also is where Venom is. Venom will be coming to Disney Plus in May. Oh, so, oh, right. Which interesting. Yeah, no word about this Venom two or anything else beyond that. It's not yet Morbin time on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, that's when we'll watch that, I guess. Yeah, we still haven't <laughs> seen that, which I am kind of upset with myself that I let that happen. Spider Man adjacent character. Well. All we can do now is wait. All we can do is wait. But we don't have to wait for the poll results. Oh, snap. 
I just have to wonder what your prediction is. Well, I got to know because you it's anyone's guess what you put in the poll. Oh, wow. So Fiery. I don't know. Well, seeing as there are four explicit Krakoan books, I think that that's your answer. Yeah, that would make sense. New Mutants, War College, X-Force, Nightcrawlers. Who won the poll? How many numbers? Nightcrawlers. Yeah. 64%. 62%. That was good. You look disappointed in that. That was solid. Get that face out of here. No, I just, I'm upset because I was going to say 62, but then I said, you always undershoot it just a little, go a little over. And so I said 64. And if I had said 62, everything would have been amazing. Yeah. Balloons would drop down from the ceiling. I had them installed the other day. <laughs> What's in second place? X Force. What? Well, how many numbers? Uh, 37%. 29. It's all right. We'll let that slide. <laughs> New Mutants with seven. War College with two. Sorry, War College. Yikes. Yikes. But I mean, it's not time to talk about those books yet. Well, we do have two, not really questions, more general comments. Okay. BMCG2 said the Hellfire looks. Yes. After seeing all those Hellfire covers, I'm going to be seriously pissed if they all are attacked and don't get help from all the guests. So we see all these covers, right? We see yeah. Captain Marvel. We see Scarlet Witch. We see all these folks that are supposedly going to be on there. There's going to be the, the teases of an attack on McNeese, an attack on right. the, the Cohen that Everything gala. falls apart at the right. gala, right? And all the X-Men are in ashes and we have to have secret X-Men and dark X-Men and <laughs> Spider-Man outfits. <laughs> but, right, it's a good point that like the, the world is just going to sit and watch. I think... It can't because Uncanny Avengers comes out of this. Right. And we will get a hint of that as Free Comic Book Day approaches the first Saturday in May. Happy birthday month to me. Free Comic Book Day kicks it off. I believe that that's May 6th. It is. Oh, look at that. And I have nothing on my calendar thus far. Well, I do. Oh, well, have fun. But you can wait for me and then we can experience Free Comic Book Day together. (laughs) Rude. A.M. Friedrich brought up a counterpoint to our, our brood debate. Oh, a counterpoint. Watch out now. The episode has been derailed. We're going to We're back, going back to, to last about week. The brood. To the thing that we already talked about for about a half an hour last week. <laughs> Hit me with it. Think about the brood like zombies. Their instinct is to infect and spread. I don't think anyone would second guess taking out a population of zombies. And I think it's an interesting point. Ugh, and I think, right? And especially appeals to your love of zombies and zombie stories, too. Uh, my counterpoint to the counterpoint was that, okay, but then what if there was a zombie that did not thirst for blood and brains and, could, and was able to sway? But the, the sway, and now this is where we really get to rail. The sway was not introduced by natural means. The sway was created by the Kree in this attempt to control the brute. So the fact that it is not real or, or a part of them, it could more likely be undone. This is that is the same argument you gave when it was the brood and not zombies. It doesn't change the argument that I have, which is that you're you're abandoning all hope. Yes. So I've, taking I've, our arguments aside, if it was just zombies, I would have to side with destroying them. But they feel to me that they have more humanity than zombies do. And maybe that is a wrong assumption. Yes, that is a correct wrong assumption. It is correct that that is wrong. 
They are a hive mind and exist only to destroy. Moving on to this That's week. That's so rude how moving you just on, did that. Moving on to this week. We have the, the digital book, the Digis. You want to talk about the Digis? Uh, the Digis. <laughs> First, we've got Marvel Voices. Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Versus the TVA. Basically, the TVA. Go home. Yeah. Okay? We're going to take you both out. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. No, this is this is me with Yuki. We're having fun. Yeah, you're not going to take Yuki out. This was kind of interesting, the way that they stopped time, essentially. Yeah. And then had the time to form a romance so right, that the right. kiss happened. And, and was real and meant something. The, the world does not end. Not to skip over the fact that Ellie's team comes in. Yeah, just the, the team. The, the both set off that call to bring in the ladies, the power trio of Jean and Scarlet Witch and the Invisible Woman coming through with this, hey, just killing everyone is not, killing someone yeah. is not what we're about. That's not it, friends. That ain't it, kid. Sorry, but not sorry. I love the way as the TVA is disappearing, their like word bubbles are fading away. And right. Like, we'll be watching you. Right. This moment in time for a relationship g- gave up. Ellie gave up those reality warping powers. So now back off. Yeah. I, I saw it through. I know I messed up. I tried to change this fixed point. Written by Andrew Wheeler, art by Eleonora Carlini, colors Brittany Peer, letters Josephino. VCs Josephino. I think that's it, right? Yeah. That was uh, they it. call at the end a uh, new story, new folks, new team. What'd you think overall? Overall, I like that story. I liked getting to know Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. A character that I only know a little bit about. Yeah. It was fun to know Ellie and to see that okay. journey. And I like the. The strong women backing her up. Yeah, well, and just bring all those characters together from across the Marvel Universe for this backup yeah. story. Yeah, that was cool. Plus Deadpool was there. Plus Deadpool, honorary lady team. But you can't meet Yuki. No. On to Love Unlimited. This was intense. Ooh, yeah. Well, this, so, this Gwen... Pool story where we're furthering the relationship. Gwen's getting really excited that she's like doing the thing. She's going to school. She's actually having a relationship and a mature relationship. And then things start to uh, get spicy and escalate. And, you know, it's a very consensual conversation. But then Gwen just, she can't do it. And she has a moment. And it was like really relatable. Sure. Yeah. And a really not where I expected that story to go at all. Yeah, no, it got a lot deeper than I was expecting just about Gwen's feelings in this moment and where her intentions were or what she wanted from it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Loves X-Men did a really interesting Twitter thread about the fact that you know this all seems in the way that Gwen refers to it as she's trying to do what normal people quote unquote do. Mm-hmm. She's trying to have this interesting romance novel, romance comic that gives her the ability to come into the comics, but it doesn't necessarily feel like it's actually coming from her heart, rather her expectations of society. Right. It doesn't feel authentic and so then it feels forced and I mean, good for her. She for, cracks. Right? Yeah, Towards for like end, which, saying something and, yeah, yeah. and acknowledging that she didn't really want to do that, you know, because if, in that instance, like, 
that would have been an awful situation for everyone involved in the sure. in the aftermath. You know, people are gonna get hurt when you're doing things with not pure intention like that. Oh yeah, gotta um, keep the intentions pure. Written by Jeremy Whitley, art by Bailey Rosenlund, colors Kelly Fitzpatrick, letters Ariana Maher. VCs on the uh, Ariana Maher. Uh, <laughs> What in the heck is happening? What do you mean? I'm just I'm just quoting your lines while you do them. Is that wrong? Is that a problem? Highly inappropriate. <laughs> ah, jeez, Louise. All right, X Men Unlimited. Oh man, the the council is where I'm at. You know, <laughs> at least in this issue where they're talking about. Mojo's madness and no one is a fan. Right. They're trying Our, to pick up these clues. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Well, they, they've received some sort of message that they must binge watch Mojo's latest show so that they can figure out what's happened to Jubilee and these mixing mutant children. And nobody wants to watch any of Mojo's shows anymore. Right. Well, we see Face Swap Shopper's death, which mm-hmm. we saw her death last issue or at least that was the, the cliffhanger right the start and the action junior has pulled face shopper out of the show and into the writer's room it seems and seems to be working with her to regain her ability in her mindscape it was well, kind of like what's going on yeah, what's happening mojo jr is not into killing people sure right he's into rehabilitating Different villains than his dad it's interesting to see all the storylines coming out of this series and how they're all like, we don't want to kill this villain. We want to bring them to therapy. We don't want to kill Mr. Sinister. Yeah. We want him to just be aware of his actions. We don't want to call you the V word onslaught. Right. <laughs> I mean, if anyone should be. Uh, but we don't know what's going to happen next. Well, we do in terms of this competition island. Yeah, it's like Survivor, but for wannabe X-Men. Right. It it reminds me of Mojo in the Ultimate Universe, where he basically had the most dangerous game against a long shot character. Oh. Or or you had to hunt and and kill him, and he just went off. Oh, dear. Yeah. Written by Grace Freud, art by Alberto Albuquerque, colors Yen Nitro, letters Joe Sabino. VCs Joe Sabino. Where are you at with this? Uh, I don't care for it. You don't care for it? No, I'm literally like... There's a panel where Emma's like, please, God, can we stop? That's how I feel about it. Yeah. I just am not interested in a Mojo story, which is like, like you said, very reflective of what the council is saying. It's kind of like being super meta, like, hey, do you even care? But something's going to happen that you're going to care about, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's just not compelling to me. I was talking to PJ Kid Wolf. Yes. And he had said how... He gets that X-Men Unlimited is attempting social commentary, but after talking to other queer people, the consensus is it's just bad. Like it's mm. it's missing the mark. And we went back and forth about, okay, well, the intentions were good and they at least are trying for something, but it just doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't feel And it's know. a really it's a really touchy st- time sure, in sure. the trans community to be putting putting that out there and not being sure of what exactly you're doing. Sure. You know. But it is a good effort. I think so, so too. So it's a conflicting. Right. It's, it's just conflicting all around. Right. Because uh, also, uh, Mojo, take him or leave him. Yeah. Mo- For me, it's Mojo that's the issue. But sure. I also don't. I can't speak to the other parts of it. Right. Yeah. And you want 
you want those representations to feel genuine and authentic and, and to resonate with the yes. audience that they're trying to connect with right. in that. Very well said. Pop, pop, pop. Well, I'm stutter mumble mouthing over here. Blah, 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 blah. Are you Close ready for the you. excellent? Sure. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about things that I just struggle to read. I was stuck in so much traffic. I was reading this while I was in traffic. Please never tell me that again. All right. I will just secretly do it. Oh, my God. All right. Anyway. I'm going to keep a graphic novel in my car. From I on. literally will slap you in the face. Hey, we got our ecstatics and excellent. I can never remember who's which. No, me either. Which one's who? Honestly, Justin, if you can't remember which one's which, do you honestly expect that I do? Honestly, I don't. Honestly? Honestly, I couldn't even <laughs> honestly think that you would. We are silly tonight. I think you say that every week lately. <laughs> Maybe it's the new house. We're we're just silly. It's because, y'all, okay, in our old place, we would record, like, at this table where we were sort of, like, sitting next to each other. So we always tried to, like, look at each other while we recorded, but it was this, like, side-eye situation. While we're also trying to read the comic. Right. And now we're face-to-face, just straight across from each other. And nonsense shall ensue. Pa-pow. All right. The excellent. There's a cover. And we're going to open it up and give it a page turn noise. Are we doing a high level? We are definitely doing a high level. Are we doing a high level on Extreme X-Men as well? I think in general, the flashback books, that's kind of where I'm at. All right. Let me do a a double page turn noise. This is going to be for the the excellent and Extreme X-Men. Okay. We'll we'll do the credits as well. Because this was written by Peter Milligan. Art by Michael Doc Alred. Colors, Laura Alred. Letters, Nate Picos. Of Blambot Studios. Just of Blambot. Of Blambot. They took away the studios. Yeah. Cover art by Michael and Laura Alred as well. Unsocial Media is the title. All right. So basically Zeitgeist has this kid build him this technology internet spy robot. Docs. And then kills the kid. And... I mean, spoiler to the end, that is what really comes back to bite Zeitgeist. Right. And so the other team, whichever one they are, is becoming more popular on... Ecstatic. <laughs> is becoming more popular <laughs> on social media and Zeitgeist can't have it. So he's going to use the internet spy to dig up the dirt. He gets them out there. He, he blows up all their dirty little secrets like that this... So it's, it's really like thematically... Romance isn't real. Thematically, it's the same story as it's been. It's trying to get social media followers trying to like that is the goal that is what these two teams are fighting for is zeitgeist is trying to reach a certain level that would achieve godhood through this spell that he has stolen from dr strange and the ecstatics are working against that by trying to create interesting things like faking miles's death or having katie and mike actually be in a romance and and it works in that they start to really feel for each other again they were in love and then they broke up and then they were like you guys have to be in love for the publicity and then they were like no okay actually we're in love and then spoiler alert your secret fake romance has been spread to the world and now everyone knows you're a fake but wait just kidding we're actually real now but it's weird because the fact that they call them all out as a fake as they are by themselves about to kiss about to kiss yeah it doesn't matter. The rest of the book is really just focused on getting 
the ecstatics to this second tier gala just b-list gala that gambit is apparently at rude. dazzler is at rude yeah this is pretty rude throwing some shade right. up in here and all this is happening as the excellent are doing destruction in new york and, and yeah so just so that they can say the ecstatics, oh, well, weren't, the ecstatics here. weren't here because they had to be at this lame party instead this lame party was cooler than saving the world yeah aren't they the worst look how Look how clean and happy and friendly Zeitgeist looks in, in his, his profile, profile picture. picture. That's and called then, catfishing, bro. Oh, yeah. And then what happens? But Docs, the internet spy, comes up to our two female friends and says, Hey, Mirror Girl, Toodle Pip. Kill him. Listen here. Kill Zeitgeist. He killed my dad, and I want none of it. So will they kill him? They have one day. To complete their task. One day and three more issues. I just, I get to the point where I understand what you have held us to in that anything with an X, and I'm not blaming this on you. Blame I know that it on I, me. It's my sure. fault, but I'll take it and I'll own it because people like it. I, I don't. I genuinely don't. I tried. I tried and I don't want to try anymore. Well, you have to. I guess I do. We have a responsibility. I'm just going to take $4 and throw it out the window it's every not- month. No comments, no questions, because nobody is reading it. I know Comic Extracts likes it, and I know he likes the team. So I'm not trying to say, you know, if, if this is your thing, great. It's not mine. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. And that's okay. But we're still going to read it, especially because it's almost over. Yeah. And if it comes back for a third? I will save that for when it happens. <laughs> Extreme X-Men. Extreme X-Men. I did like this. I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I did enjoy this whole series. Oh, Extreme X-Men? Heck yeah. 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 Oh, that was a good ending, too. You kidding me? It's a, it's a kitty story. Let's go. Hold the Line by Chris Claremont and Salvador Larocco with colors by Guru EFX and letters and production by Clayton Coles. VCs, Clayton Coles. Salvador and Guru on the cover. Well... I love how later in the issue, so what's the Sentinel's name? Scrap or something? Yep. I love how later in the issue it's called out like, everyone thinks he's cute, but he's not cute. He's and not I was cute. like, no, he is cute. The no, whole he's... issue, I was like, look at him. Oh, he's a cute little Sentinel. He's... No, he's not cute. He's so cute. He's like an octo- a metal octopus dog. He's so cute. He is not cute. All right. We well, have different agree definitions to disagree of cute. on that, I guess. But he, he sucked away all the mutant powers and, and... That has affected Kitty in a weird way. Her natural form is intangible. Yes. New information, I'm assuming? No. Oh. Because there was that other time when she was intangible that I've known about. Go on. It has to do with Excalibur. Oh, yeah, Something sure, to sure. do with... After, she, the, after the mutant massacre? Yeah. Yep. She was like, she was stuck in a phasing state. I know things, okay? I gotta gotta keep you on your toes. I got basic, barely any information, but I know things. But, so she's intangible. Sage is stepping up and pulling in Xavier, giving a speech like, hey, listen, people, why you gotta come at us mutants? This one over here is trying to save you from a fire. This one over here is using science. You know... We're all here to help. Yeah, that was really Get cool. Get over yourselves. And and the fact that it works. Part of me wanted it to not, but just to, just to see. Like, no, 
I'm glad that it worked. I'm glad that they were able to to talk the crowd down and to just avert what would be another disastrous situation. But once the powers are freed, well, even but even before the powers get free, Storm tearing through with this blade. Oh yeah. I love the the art and Mike loves Mariah Carey called out the fact like the lightning between the panels and all yeah. around the background just the storm that envelops the entire story. Yeah, because it's like Storm herself set this storm off before she lost her powers and it's just been raging. Yeah. And now especially without her able to control it and with all the emotions that she's feeling because of Kitty. Yeah. It's only going to get worse. It is indeed just getting worse. And then speaking of Kitty, the two find each other in the sky and phase together and pop themselves into scrap to destroy them from the inside out and get everybody their powers back. And then Ogun's like, oh, psych, I'm going to join with this robot that's like that half was crazy. dead. That was kind of crazy. And, and you can't kill me except who can. Rachel. Rachel, Rachel the Phoenix. This is good. Coming in hot. I mean, is that cute? Is that guy with the little no. o- Ogun face? No, he's not cute. <laughs> I love the way that Rachel's like, listen. It's not up to it's me. It's not up to me. Yeah, it's yeah. up to Kitty. And Kitty's like, uh, you did. No. Kill him. <laughs> you, as someone who has tormented me for many years, will die. Sorry, but it's over, my friend. And Wolverine has given Rogue the right to call him old man. Yeah. And you get a little wrap up hanging out at the bar. Some surprise Swahili from Gambit. Yeah, what? Best friends hanging out and uh, a tease of, of something more to come. Yeah, with these sisters. Chris Claremont is running this flashback game. He's, uh, just, he's like, don't count me out. Right. There's more. You want something else? I teased it. It's coming. He has an unannounced title that's coming soon. Well, that's exciting. There you go. I did think, though, this was one of the first issues that I I had that feeling of, ah, I've read Chris Claremont comics before. <laughs> There's a lot of words here. Sure. This is, well, the pacing of more modern writers go, like, they, they put less words on a page. Right. It's more visuals than words, except for maybe Kieran. And Cy Spurrier. Sure. Yeah. Those Brits, you know, of course, Claremont is smarty pants over there. I love it, though. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Any uh, thoughts or questions on that one? Just uh, Mike loves Mariah Carey saying the the lightning was electrifying, if you will. I thought that was clever. And and just I 100 percent agreed the visual beauty of it. And I love just as a final note. The way that they are, they are making. Hey, do you not like Krakoa? Too bad. It's here. And we are going to satisfy any itch you have for <laughs> classic stories with the mutants you love. Because that's that's usually the argument mm. is, oh, I just want them to go back to what they were. Or I want them to go back to the mansion. So they're like, okay, here's these little All minis. Right, here's that a four are... issue. Here's a five issue. Yeah, I mean, it's smart. And you know there's so much time like there are spaces between stories that can sure. always be filled. Right. So and it's not like side quests. It's not like you're taking away from Krakoa. You're just adding other options. And yeah. if people are buying it, good for you. Are you guys reading it? Do, what do you think about this overall? We, we talked about it at the beginning. 
Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I like seeing the team dynamic in this other way. Um, and, you know, I'm loving getting more kitty content, especially kitty written by Chris. Like, that's dope. And Rachel. Mm. Yes, for, to Rachel. And seeing a deeper dive for me into Kitty and Storm's relationship, which I know is is a pretty prominent thing in the comics. Well, the, the things that they were saying to each other, the like the child of my heart, the yeah. mother of my soul, like that was really deep. Yeah. So I, I, and I, I liked the adventure of it all too. And, and because I actually read Kitty Pride and Wolverine and I knew all about Ogun, it was even better for me. Ogun? Yeah. Ogun? Ogun. It was even know. better. It's only ever written. So I pronounce it in, it's like Derek on the Grey Malkin trials pronouncing it Magneto. Oh, or, yeah. Or Kazar. Right. It's, like, it's only ever written. And if However you know you more. say it in your head. Is... Yeah. And if you know more about pronunciation, good. Right. That's, I don't. I don't either. Now for Now Mountains, let the lid on. I really, really like this. Oh. Like a lot. When I was done reading it, I was like, I know it's X-Force and Nightcrawler, so it won't be. But this is a contender, a book of the week contender. Yeah, I honestly, after reading them, I thought about switching this and Bishop. Just because I put them in this order. Because and we got to talk to Charlie Jane on Grey yes. Malkin again, and that episode is up if you want to listen to oh, it over on so Grey Malkin Lane. Yeah, it. it was such Charlie a fun time. Charlie Jane was such a fun interview. Thank you for having us, Chad. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about this Blaster Dame cover, though. Oh yeah, I love it. I it's giving me Punisher vibes, kind of. Sure. I mean, the skull, the crossbones, the scowl. <laughs> With the scythe. Uh, all right, let's dig into it. Page turn noise. <laughs> We got, I don't know who the, I don't know who these people are. It's a sewer situation. It's just a group. We don't necessarily know who they are, but they're hanging out in the sewer and they're trying to get away from mutants because it has been prophesied that the mutants will bring a beast and ruin everything. And then literally (laughs) two seconds later, two mutants bringing a beast and and about to ruin everything. everything. I really, you know, really got excited about the dynamic that was building between these two, Morgan and Wolfsbane, as the issue went on. I thought that it was cool to see Morgan open up and just them bounce bounce off each other so well. Yeah. They're a fun team. Hmm. But they're like, hey, what are you guys doing? We're not here to hurt you. Can I get some of that dynamite? I'm going to throw it at this monster. I'm oh, to, wait. I'm actually trying to save you. It didn't work. Run. Run. My God, I'm going to reach across the table and take your microphone so you cannot do that. Part, Part two, two, terrible, terrible decisions. decisions. <laughs> Written by, by Charlie, Charlie Jane. Jane. All right, stop it. Knock it off. You cut off. Takes the mic away. Written by Charlie Jane Anders. Art by Enid Bellam. Inks by Elisabetta D'Amico. Colors, Matt Miller. Letters, Miller. Travis Lanham. He sees Travis Lanham. Two can play at that game, Justin. Javi Fernandez and Matthew Wilson on the cover. Let's talk about our infiltration plan. Sarabella and Escapade hanging out, talking, getting a little butterflies, a little nervousness, right? Oh, I got to make a comment about the art on this one. Sure. I love the art. But okay. these two look far too mature all of a sudden. Yeah. I mean, I definitely would say in these, and that might be the makeup. It might be the costumes. It might be, 
Is it their faces, are you saying? I think it's the bone structure. Their bone structure looks more like chiseled, so they look more grown up. I mean, they are superheroes, right? Mutants in general have a base physiology that is above what we are. How rude. My face is plenty chiseled. (laughs) Okay, but they're they're teenagers. I'm saying they are generally drawn with a little bit more of a round face because they're so young. And that I feel they look... They look like they've been aged up a bit, but right. I'm not complaining. I'm just noticing because mm. I really enjoyed the art. But they're they're gearing up. They got glitter. Don't use too much glitter. They got yeah. It's gonna disrupt the computers, but also not go rave style. <laughs> As we get into the recruits lineup of Count Nefaria. Ah, oh, Count Nefaria. This group of super or would be super villains. Bringing y'all together, ready for a fight in this emptied out pool. Come in my empty pool. Fight each other gladiator style. And learn about my therapy session on the next (laughs) data page. This is ridiculous. It's just getting to the core of who Count Nefaria is, what he's been doing. I just love that the therapist is like trying to talk to him and he's just in his... He's villain monologuing. They are two different conversations right. completely. And at the end, he's like, great, I shall form a new lethal legion. Thank right. you for your service. Yeah, that's not really what I wanted, but okay. When you see me... What does he say? When you next see me, it will be on a pedestal overlooking the teeming mass of humans, all of them chanting my name. Yay. Back to the sewer. With some new friends. Uh, shout out slash callback. I don't know if shout out's really the right word to the mutant massacre. No, definitely not shout out, but it is something that we're talking about and we're talking about throughout this issue, just ancient history from the X-Men, something that happened back in Uncanny 210. But now there's, in the, I guess, the aftermath of it all, now there's humans living right. in the sewers. Yeah. They're down here. They're trying to hide. They're not, uh, they're not with the patrons group we were here first and also uh, what's that behind you because you brought the angry monster into our home yes please leave with that monster goodbye right this data page giving us the history and feeling around what happened in the mutant massacre and how it's affected people years that was an and years intense later. that was an intense read well yeah well, I mean it was it was a really intense event it was the first crossover and just it sounds really intense it's we'll like get to it someday whenever we go back to classic issues <laughs> remember inferno <laughs> stop it i did start reading it yep yeah just the whole like i'm i'm new here and there's this attack and they hide in the walls and then they're found and then at the end it's like and then i woke up here on krakoa like i started kind of reading this being like oh did they did they survive? Were they one of the few who survived the mutant massacre? And then it got to the end and I was like, oh, no. Nope. That's not what happened. Some did, but not Jared, who I don't know. I tried to look them up either as well and I couldn't find them. Hmm. Jared Flynn. Well, it's time to fight. Fist fights. And uh, I like how Escapade's like, I'm going to lose on purpose so I can switch bodies with someone. Gabby's like, I'm going to Yeah, well, Gabby's going to Gabby, and Escapade is going to get two in her head and actually win. Somehow actually win over and over again. I I love this whole back and forth. Well, and the callback to Skullbuster from Escapade's first appearance in Mm -hmm. the Voices Pride issue. 
And just the remembering. Like, I kind of know you. I know you. What's going on here? What's going on here? And then Gabby just fighting, taking the fight to the garden to cause a distraction so that Sarabella can get in. Then going back to the pool. And while Escapade fights one, Gabby fights 10. Sure. Yeah. And Danny and Karma actually find out what's what's going on. Where are our friends? Where is everybody? Ah, oh, they just kind of go off and do their own thing. Hey, incoming call from Rain. Uh, we're just in this little bit of trouble. Whatever. We're just trying to get through it. Yes. Well, I think they call Rain to be like, Hey, have you seen uh, have you seen some of these mutants? These new news, new new news. Where are they at? And Rain's like, Ooh, kind of in the middle of something. Yeah, we got demons everywhere. I'm worried about Sarabella. Traumatized people make terrible decisions. I laughed so hard. I want those words embroidered on a throw pillow. That's the motto for the humans. It's so true. I loved it. The the kids that get into too much shenanigans and then become (laughs) scarred because of it. Yep. And uh, speaking of shenanigans, Gabby and Escapade have uh, won enough fights to make their way inside the mansion. Right. Because Gabby just couldn't handle waiting. Shout out to our monster from the sewer also being a the same breed of a monster head on the wall. I wonder why maybe that's why this monster is upset and distrusting because mm. recently Count Nefar- that can't be on on accident. No, there has to be a reason for that. As Gabby is infiltrating everything and Blaster Dame has been called into this private meeting with Count Nefaria. And she just drinks the wine. The grappa. She's just drinking it. Yeah. Well, no, like, what are you doing, child? This is this is a this is infiltration, a right? Also, this is a trap. Sure. If you go to a seedy criminal's interview process and he takes you in a room one person at a time and offers you a drink, didn't you and read Ten of Swords? Doesn't drink any for himself. Hmm. You do not drink it. But she is wasted she later. She is on. so drunky pants. I love the fight scenes in the sewer. Just the action between the. The rage in Rain's face mm. and the fact that she's able to calm down the beast and bring them around to their side. Yeah, and the little the little coo of the beast as they're being pet. So cute. See? They're cute. You don't think so? Yeah. It's a big lizard. It's a cute lizard. But uh ooh, Sarabella's setting off alarms. As she's breaking into this vault, and uh, Escapade's a little too drunk to do anything about it. I don't understand how Skullbuster recognizes the voice. Was Escapade putting on an accent because of? Must have been doing like like some kind of sure, like sure, I'm macho. doing this. I'm an evil villain. Right, voice, right. You know. Well, I love the point where Nefaria asks Escapade about. Their backstory, and she's like, well, I always wanted to be a supervillain. Like, yeah, well, all be- true. I all love true. that. The best lies are the truth. So this fight is breaking out in between Gabby and the Count as she's just ready to take him down. I'm, I'm not going to waste my time with all these losers. It's you and me. In pop Sheila. Swap, swap. Drunk swapping. Problems all around. <laughs> oh, geez. I have claws. Give them back. <laughs> What's going to happen? We'll have to wait till next time to find out. Old wounds. Old weapons. That's what you get. Pout about it. 
Old wounds, old weapons. Next. <laughs> For New Mutants, Lethal Legion number three. This was silly fun. Like I like this I issue. And love it. I felt like we had a lot of progression on our two main plots, plus some side development and further connections. Just solid all around. I'm yeah. glad that we're involving more of the New Mutants leadership team. I feel yes. like that was missing in the first couple of issues. And I'm excited to see the count throw down. Yeah, I really like the team dynamics, the character building. I thought the pacing was great. I just I laughed so many times out loud when I was reading it. I like seeing Gabby get all like puff up her chest, like, oh, I'm so I'm a yeah, Wolverine yeah. family member too. Right, right. And I'm I can't not feel just pain. The baby. Right. Just hit me. Hit me harder. I still can't feel it. Gilbert Rojo 1022 is wondering, does anyone like this New Mutants series? And it's me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I was a little on the fence after the first issue, but mm-hmm. really into the classic OG New Mutant vibes that it's giving. And, yes. and the fact that you're getting teenage students who don't know how best to use their powers getting into things that are far beyond their capabilities at this point in their super heroics. Yeah, I thought it was really great. And really fun. Oh, and I there are seeds for what is going to be potential problems going forward. Because even at one point, Morgan says about Sheila, like, they've got to be fine. They because they wouldn't do a heist without sure, me. Sure, sure. They would I, never do a heist without me. Well, even Morgan saying to Rain about how you're basically the person I trust most other than Sheila. Yeah, who... I'm scared for sure. when Morgan finds out because you know something's going to happen and Morgan and Rain and potentially even Danny and Karma are going to have to go in and save them and then it's going to be like this embarrassing moment of oh, like, oh we, man. We did a heist. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the cover for issue five and that's all I'll say <laughs> because it could happen to you. <laughs> you too could get spoiled. I don't want to be Your curious eyes, Justin. I don't want to. I'm not Justin. Comic Extracts said that New Mutants was delightful, so fun and funny. We need palate cleansers like this during Sins of Sinister. And it's interesting to think of that as a, at this point, we do need something that's a little light, has more brevity. and. I think we always need a book like that. Sure. At least one in the line. Right. You know, you think about, I, I, not to compare this to Exterminators, but exactly that same what I was energy. Thinking. Yeah. Right? different execution and i love the way that this is connecting to mythology of or or history of the x-men yeah to bring in the mutant massacre to bring in all these details to bring in count nefaria count nefaria i just think of um count nefario from despicable me sure (laughs) because that's where i know the name from first and i can't get it out of my head and it's terrible Hmm. Vaderino said this was a surprisingly fun read. The callbacks to the Morlock massacre was especially poignant and brings up a valid point. Those Morlocks were just living their lives and they all got annihilated, which is interesting to view that onto the mutant situation. Even the conversation that Morgan's going through with his landlord, this, I'm just trying to live my life and you are coming at me. You're pushing me out of my home. Mm-hmm. Those are all our questions for new mutants. You want to talk about pacing doing well in New Mutants? Not so well in Bishop War College. I'm glad that we finally get into Earth-63. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I could do without the Earth-63 part of the story. That's like the whole half of the story, though. I'm more interested in what Orcus is doing. Oh. Uh, I just feel like it's it was 
so on the back burner in the first two issues that I wanted what we got in this issue. Okay. And well, I, don't, I don't really feel like the Orca story progressed very much. That's what I'm saying. Overall, in terms of pacing, this feels clunky. Well, it just feels like two different comics in one comic. It is. Mm. That They started together. They had a thing. There was a war college one day. <laughs> and then it was gone. Now it we have exists a, in a text thread. We have a text message thread. <laughs> well, we got Bishop v. Bishop on this cover. Quit hitting yourself, Bish. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. And, and plus the classic look. I can't remember who said it, but... They, I think it was on Twitter, seeing the two looks side by side made them realize how much they did not like the current era look and missed the classic. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I like the, the current one a lot. I think it's interesting that in this cover we have classic versus current, but these are both 616 bishops sure, versus right. each other versus 616 versus Earth 63. Right. Well, I mean, what universe is Bishop even from? Who yeah. knows? I could find out. Okay. Page turn noise. Unfamiliar faces. Bishop is not a fan of this guy. No. He's like, that's not me. He's just so smiling. He doesn't have an M tattoo over his eye. He has not struggled like I have. He's not a mutant, right? No, he's not. And But they still have a quiet council. Yeah. And they still have a Krakoa. There's so much that I was not ready for there to be similar. So, you know, the fact that we're at the mansion... In the first issue or two, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because we re- we brought the mansion back, which I thought was interesting. I was like, "Oh, we're bringing the mansion back. Are you trying to tell us something? Sure. That we're going to get Krakoa and a mansion? Could be. Because now Bishop has seen the way in which this other version can function. That would be interesting to see what Bishop brings back from this experience, and just this page of the split, the sharing of the mind. You know, Xavier's in any dimension are just very forward. Hey, I got something I need. Yeah, let me just connect our minds so we can all know what happens. But first, it's a title page. Extra credit. Trouble in Paradise, written by Jay Haltham. Pencils on Bishop's World, Sean Damien Hill. Inks on Bishop's World, Victor Nava, Alberto Fochi, on the art for Krakoa, our, our Orcus story, and Espen Grundinger coloring everything. All of it. Travis Lanham lettering everything. The C's, Travis Lanham. The cover artist, Ken Lashley with Juan Fernandez. Ah, the 63 Council reacting <laughs> to I mean, there's Bishop's so, time. Th- this is probably the part that I like the most, not just... <laughs> Remy sent us this image, uh, Shaw. Girl, you white. <laughs> <laughs> I was dead. That and was her so face, yeah. she's so upset. Yeah. Well, it's crazy, like, as this issue goes on, and we find out that only black people are mutants. It's yeah. like tied to race, which yeah. is nuts. Interesting, yeah. But really, what sticks out to me is how much they are all struggling with the life that's. 616 bishop has to live or has gone through that it's so terrible all the time like how could you not figure it out peace and you want to talk you want to talk about terrible time bishop's history and we've even gotten hints of that in the first couple of issues that page where he's going through all of his past selves in the catacombs of all these skulls just the history that he carries with himself oh but watch out because back on 616 the bloom Moira and Phelong setting up their pit plan. Yeah. 
They're going for the pit because jokes their, on you, their suckers. Crazy drugs will make all the baddies of Krakoa go wild. Pit's empty. Psych, they're gone. Good luck. You working on old information, Moira? You don't even know Krakoa anymore. You wipe that smile off your face, girl. She was. Well, I don't want. I don't want to get there yet, but. <laughs> yeah, we can't. We can't get there yet. A massive attack. Oh, my God. With the sister knockout coming back and this mashup mutant. Oh, my God. So many fun words you just said. <laughs> I didn't even write them down. That's off the top. Oh, my there you God. Go. Right off the cuff? Well, I mean, a massive attack. That I wrote that. You did write that, that one down. One. Yeah. That, that just, that's me as I'm reading the comic. Like, <laughs> you're clever, Justin. <laughs> really well, don't it. shoot because my brother's in there. Yeah. Let's knock him out with gas and bring him back. This, I, I do enjoy the art overall. And it's interesting. I don't know that I noticed. Yeah, I guess you, you do see a very distinct difference in style between the two stories. But the the just lack of detail in Andrea's face mm. just felt kind of flat. Eh, I didn't really notice it. But now I see what you're saying. But they're split up and it's back to business. Save the brother, tie up the other two. Hold up, because we got a data page. Text thread friends. Everybody getting to know each other, getting to experience the forming of war, child, uh, war college. My favorite part of this text thread. Mostly just know that Bishop is a hard ass. But underneath that mean shell, he's also a total hard ass. Yeah. No, no, I mean, if you lived in Bishop's time, to get the insight from everyone in the council that just got it, you would understand. Yeah, totally. He, he probably, that has never happened to people on Krakoa to an extent. Right. Right? He's told you stories. He's let you know what happened in the future, but right. to actually you experience it. Yeah, you don't know what makes Bishop so tough. It's more just that they're going back and forth and it's like, what are we getting ourselves into at this war college? Okay, Bishop's tough, but we love him, right? Well, yeah. 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 Sure we but do. he's also, you know, he's seen some stuff. At the same time, though, and I said it in the first issue, that was kind of the debate between Danny and Bishop, whose side was right. I just feel like this harder line that he's bringing is what's necessary to be ready for the war that is the multiple wars that are knocking on their door. I just am going to choose not to comment on that kind of an argument because I'm saving my riled upness for the next issue. I choose violence. <sighs> but wrong side's here to Yay. help. And we've discovered that not only is this... Well, he's helped the war recruits, right? So they were all trapped under the debris, but also with a layer of wrong slide in between. Ah, yes. But the Blythe's will is not only affecting the mutants as individuals, but Krakoa itself. I and mean, I'm not really sure how these kids jump to the conclusion of the pit that, so quickly. Yeah, that was a little much. They're like, oh, hmm, they're infecting Krakoa. What could they be after? <gasps> the pit. It's the pit. They want to They want to unleash all the mutants. Exactly what Moira just said on the space station. And I was like, mm, how did you know that so fast? Yeah. How did you know all that, but yet you still don't know that Sabretooth's not in the pit anymore? Right. But back on Earth-63, Earth Bishop wants to find Tempo, but... Eek, Tempo's not a mutant. Right, right. Heather in Tucker. This, in this world, she's a scientist. Mm -hmm. 
a psychic conversation, the Bishop of 63 and Xavier talking about misery and the destruction of the 616 and all the, the violence that's happening there as destiny brings Bishop aside and tells him, Hey, you got some crazy things coming in your world. He's like, that's an everyday that, that's, situation. That's literally my life. No surprise there. I'm reading Sins of Sinister as well. <laughs> Let's get some Earth 63 backstory. The formation of the school, the origin of these mutants, the way that they have achieved peace. You know, and Moira's still around and she's still a thorn in their side. Yeah. Classic Moira just being the worst. The human liberation front is still the worst. Which connects to the mutant liberation front in the 616. Yes. And, uh, but New York is flourishing with mutants and humans alike. Living in peace and harmony. Yay. Why can't you just get this on the 616? Well, you think everybody just came together and started singing Kumbaya? I want to talk about it. Let's go see Tempo. Yeah. Who would you be if you didn't have to fight all the time? You'd be me, who you already hate for some reason. <laughs> I can't. Because fighting is my identity, you fool. Well, I mean, if you've lived the life of Bishop and you right. see this guy that didn't have to struggle in that way, you angry right. and a jealousy and a you know like a way i don't know if uh, it's interesting to think about where 616 bish is coming from for sure he's definitely struggling with the you know dealing with this information processing it he's choosing not to process it and instead he's just angry yeah and i don't understand why he flips out at heather like, he's like, you're not who you say you are. I know you're not. It's, he's just, he's exasperated. He's looking for answers. Yeah, but it's a little aggressive, in my personal opinion. Yeah. It's like, okay, you do realize this is an alternate version of Tempo. And, like, it, it is weird that both him and Tempo are the ones who come to this earth. And they both find an alternate universe where... All of the mutants are black, except for the two black mutants from the 616 who happen to not be mutants. Right, right. Did they create this with their time travel? You know what? Yeah, it's weird that they just both don't have powers here. Right. Well, and just the parallels of the Tucker Clinic here, which is tied to Heather Tucker's history and the mutant liberation front. Oh, well, things I don't know. An attack on the clinic oh. and the death of Dr. Tucker. Is that why he gets so mad at her? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Just because I don't know how much Bishop knows about that time. I believe the, that that's... I, yeah, I, it's just like he like walks in the door and he's like, I know who you really are. And it's like, dude, what? Why are you so mad? Yeah, and, and you have literally met yourself in this world. How are you going to not think that there is a different... Heather Tucker on this earth. Right. And why would Temple come here and pretend to be someone else? Right. Yeah, I'm just trying to get my own thing going. Yeah, weird. But it doesn't matter. There's no time. We can't talk about it. Explosion. Explosion. The human liberation front. Is that Fei Long? Is that... I mean, yes, question mark. Is that Moira in the... the... I think it's the the eye is supposed to be like, hey, right. I'm Moira. And then, I don't know, is it supposed to be Iron Man? I don't know. And then... Who's the uh, who's the mustache? Mustache man? I don't know. Mustache wearing dude. We'll get that. To Next, be continued. The final exam. Whoa. We got Bishop 
holding a what well, looks like a dead tempo. Yeah. Not into that. No. Oh, I wonder, you know, I wonder if there is any connections to what unlocks the mutant power and what uh, my mind's spinning in possibilities of where the secrets of this universe came from. Yeah, it's it's just it's interesting because I'm I'm just struggling to to see how these two stories are connected at all. It just feels like really disjointed and I'm Yeah, I don't I don't know that they necessarily are beyond the fact that they started in the same location. That's so what? That I don't that happens sometimes. You have two stories in one book. I imagine that there's going to be something uncovered or they're obviously going to come back and reconnect in the end. You don't have to tell two things that interweave like that. You but could isn't just... it a miniseries? Sure, yeah, it's five so issues. So why are you going to tell two stories in one miniseries? Because you got... got one miniseries. Tell one good story, not two half-hearted stories. Oh, you don't like either of them? I'm frustrated. All right. As you can see. <laughs> I really appreciated the shift in focus here, though. I mentioned it before, just getting to know Earth-63 and what was going on there. I still have more questions about how it's developed into what it is, but it's really interesting. The vast differences between the worlds is just kind of crazy. I think it's interesting that you care about the Earth-63 story, and I care about the Orcus story. I don't not care about the Orcus story. Just this is interesting. This is different. And we didn't really get any development on the Orcus story in this issue. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I want. We've had that. That's why I was... I think it's because I was looking for the Earth-63 story in the last two issues. Yeah. And you probably were not. And so I got what I was looking for, and now you have not. Correct. Excellent assessment. I love how they're all just reacting to Bishop's life story, and glad to know that Moira's a jerk everywhere. (laughs) Uh. I wonder where our tempo is. Yeah. Is she captured by the Human Liberation Front? I don't know. It feels like the way that Charles, this version of Charles, was like, oh, maybe she just ended up where you're, temp- where, well, the way you ended up near to your doppelganger. Why don't you leave and figure it out? I'm like, what are you up to, Charles? Yeah. Well, and then, so so Heather is a human too, right? Mm-hmm. And that started to make me think, okay, like what, That's that's where my mind's going is, if Tempo did show up where the other Heather is and was disoriented and or unable to control their powers, is that what caused there to be this change in development or change in genetics over time because of the manipulations of time? Are they using Tempo's powers in some way that is causing what's happening in this world? I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, you wild just theories. exploded my brain. Good. Because that is so much time travel shenanigans. Time travel inside like, of time that's travel. That's like, oh, she plopped here, but then actually she, they've altered time with her. And no, I can't. I refuse to acknowledge that as a thing I have to think about until I'm forced to think about it because it happens in the comic. Yeah, sure. As but good for you for going there with your brain. Rem Springer, I mentioned the, the panel and just every time I see it, I laugh. And then Vaderino is saying that the glacial pace doesn't thrill me. Mm. And I'd agree with that. I, I just, I was really interested in the concept at the beginning. I just feel like we're getting slow played on the reveals. And you know, the, the Earth 63, I feel like that's why I'm so interested in it. Because it's got a lot going on that I don't know anything of it. The reveal of what Orcus is doing has just been very slow and steady. And just, 
illuminating more of their plan. Yeah, I think that the, the issue I have is like, I don't like it when Marvel just throws title names around like they don't mean anything. Sure. You know, like... You wanted War we, College. Yeah. I, like, I did too. Why are you calling it this? And you know people have wanted this and you've teased this idea of Bishop having a War College and then you're going to announce, hey, guess what? Bishop War College is coming. It's a mini, so you only get a little, but you get it. And then it's like, psych, you don't. Yeah. It's not a War College. I mean, Bishop it, is gone. It's it's the kids. He's given them some training, and now they're just running with it. Is this like is he like going back? And he's like, oh look at Xavier's school is open, and that's what we should have instead of a war college. I'm gonna go back and reopen the school. Maybe like, yeah, maybe that the fact that he is a teacher at this school and he's super happy, and Bishop hates it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just I need I understand that you're saying that you could just tell two separate stories, but I need to understand why this. Earth 63 story is in the comic Bishop War College. Like, it just feels so out of left field. Like, it doesn't have anything to do with Krakoa at all. It's just a side story. Yet. Still got two issues. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, I guess. I think the fact that we didn't really have any questions or reactions and Bishop got 2% of the vote gives me a feeling about where people are at. Yeah. I would say so. Which is sad. But also, like I say this every week as a reminder, it's not, the vote is not which comic was good. Like, it's not in order of the, I guess it is in order yeah. of the comics, least to worst, but. Right. Or at least, at least popular opinion. It's right. just like, what was your favorite? Like, your favorite still could have been Nightcrawlers, but you could have liked War College more than New Mutants. Like, it's not necessarily an order. Sure. Because. It could be someone's favorite, but that it not be their favorite, but doesn't mean it's also their least favorite or the other. You know, you know, mm-hmm. just I don't know what I'm saying. I am trying to follow. It's because I'm I'm not I don't think I'm ready to, to speak about this next book because I am so ready. I have so much rage. Good. It's like irrational. My rage. We're talking about X-Force. 39. There's nothing I can do about it. Well, you could tell me about this amazing cover and I the fastball the special. I love the cover. New recruits tearing through. This is make a great poster. Yeah. JDC, baby. Ooh. I'll call him up. Yo, Josh, let me get that cover as a poster. Please, your BFF, Alicia. <laughs> We're not BFFs. In my heart, we are. Anyway. Hey, turn noise. You're going to get yourself fired from the podcast. You can't do that. Page turn noise. I control all the passwords. <laughs> That's rude. I'll lock you up. Uh, I love to see this page again. Yeah. Well, and especially to... So we are in the opening page that is almost shot for shot, but different angles of that page that we saw in Wolverine towards the end that shared with us where Wolverine was at. The fact that he had caught and killed Beast, thrown him on the floor in the council and said, hey, here's this problem. You got to deal with it. What's going on? And Xavier says, Logan, please. Where are you going? Hunting. And then I love that we get the kickback to like, this is the X-Force book. Here you go, Sage. Right. Take it from here. Pass the baton. And now these types of stories, when you get to... You you read Ender's Game? Yes. Or you saw the movie? I read it. Did you read Ender's Shadow? No. So that was like a book 
in the nooks and crannies around another book, right? So mm-hmm. Bean is the main character of that, and it tells the story of Ender's Game from his perspective. So I like I just, that. That's kind of like uh, four yeah, in the sure. Divergent yep. series. Yeah. But not as intense. But just this, even even just these two issues side by side, seeing different perspectives of a story and then watching a different thread flow from our inciting incident. And then you get that editor's note on the title page where they're saying these happen concurrently at the same time. Yeah. So, and I also love that Logan says, show him who's boss. Like Logan is throwing his vote for Sage to be the new leader of X-Force without having to officially throw his vote. She's who he's been following the whole time. The council reactions to just what's going on. Mystique is like intrigued, kind of disgusted. (laughs) Exodus is like, can we just please throw this body away? Storm's PO'd. As she should be. Yes. Storm is is the only one with any sense in this gosh darn comic on this council. Uh, Yes and no. Sense in what sense? Okay. (laughs) Bring the rage. Bring the rage. Before I bring my rage, I need to know what the heck Deadpool's talking about. Threnody? You don't know Threnody? <laughs> Am I supposed to? Beast may or may have not given Threnody to Mr. Sinister. I don't know. Who's Threnody? It's a mutant that you don't know who has the ability to sense death and to convert that into energy. All right. And this was around the time of the legacy virus, and we just don't talk about it. Well, Deadpool's bringing it up, so I need to know. Spoilers is going to be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen. I'm going to talk first because I know what you're going to say. Yeah, okay? all right, cool. I know you're going to be like, oh, look at what Shaw says. He he has a point. Beast can go off and do all these dirty deeds. And so you're going to you're gonna talk first by making my point? Is that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Great. Because, but that doesn't change the fact that I am physically enraged like i was reading this comic and i had to put it down multiple times and take deep breaths because i i can't imagine being sage in this moment and just sitting here and ha- yes this exactly. panel yes this panel where she's rubbing the bridge of her nose so we're just we're gonna just, let him go are, are you kidding me you're all terrible like listen You guys are the freaking problem. You're the reason Beast is who he is. You gave him ultimate power. You said, we're going to look the other way. And now you're like, well, we're still going to look the other way because it's beneficial to us because he can do all of our dirty work, but we don't get blamed for it because he's some crazy rogue agent. And like Charles saying, well, a sage, I'm not defending Beast. Bro, yes, you are. You know, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Ugh. What would you have them do? Just freaking kill him. Just go after him? Just kill him? Just be done with it. And especially interesting in the fact that Charles calls out he has resurrected himself in a way outside of our processes. How does he know that? Well, the fact that he's alive and Charles did not approve another... The fact that even Sage comments that... He ran away with the island. He ran away with all the dead uh, and the island. But like, here's the thing. 
You all know, okay, all of these mutants on this council know for a fact that humans or anyone who hates mutants has no reason or desire to differentiate one mutant from another. So the reasoning of, well, Beast can do the dirty work and Krakoa's hands are clean is absolute garbage because Beast is giving mutants a bad name. No matter who finds out what is happening... They're not going to go, oh, well, that was one mutant and not the other one. It, so we won't attack the, civili- the the civilization of mutantdom because we know that one's not part of their group. It's just interesting because what Beast is doing is essentially what X-Force was intending to do all along. They were plausible deniability. They were shadow operations. They were doing the dirty work that the council and the government wouldn't do. And it was kid gloves for a little bit. It wasn't as intense as it could be. It was not in my mind, living up to some of the other times that X-Force has done that dirty work. And then now Beast is saying, like, no, you want X-Force? I'm going on and doing the X-Force. Well, maybe that's not what X-Force should be. What do you think the CIA does? I don't... I hope they don't go and just murder people because they're hunting deer on their stolen flowers. Like, that's ridiculous. If people were threatening your only natural resource, your only export, your only ways of bringing capital into your country, like this, this is 100%. I understand from a, and it's, it's literally hilarious because it's, it's beast, the argument all over. No, again. it's beast's argument. It's you're caught in the morality of it. And this has nothing to do with morality. It literally everything should have <laughs> everything to do with morality. Uh. That is what makes us human beings, he, like people. That's not a human being. I know. I knew as soon as those words came out of my mouth what am I that gonna you were going to say, they're not human beings, they're mutants. No, they're a government. Okay. Well, then, <laughs> that's a whole, okay. All's fair in love and war. I'm so, this is, I, this, I could, I knew I didn't want to talk about this. Rage. So, Rage. I'm so fired up. <laughs> Hey, we get a great suggestion from Storm about putting a little bit of oversight onto the team, adding a council member, any council member. Who might be the most interesting council member to add? Colossus. Definitely Colossus. Definitely Colossus. Because, you know, it's not like I wasn't on X-Force before it was revealed that I was a double agent. It's fine. I'm just uh, the worst, secretly the worst, and um, I'd happy to... Step up and be a part of the team that is trying to no longer be the worst. I will make them the worst yeah, once again. Right, right. I will make them even worse for Russia. So we're done. We're done talking about the fact that we're just going to let these slide. <laughs> you want to still talk about it? I just want to acknowledge that that's what's happening right now. That after years, months and years of time of building up the horrificness that is Beast, we are going to... Just sayonara, Sammy. Good luck. Were you? How upset were you when you saw where your girl landed on it? I literally don't want to talk about it. But you want to talk about it. I do want to talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> upset, Rage. but not surprised that Emma would pragmatic, say that. protecting the children. Like not surprised that Shaw would say that. Not at all. Just infuriated that there is only one person on the council with a moral compass. Why isn't Nightcrawler chimed in? That is that is interesting, the fact that Nightcrawler does not voice anything about this. He's not even there, actually. He's not in his seat. Well, then that's why. Kate says nothing. Yeah, Kate. Kate, 
Come on, Catherine. Sinister is in the pit, I'd imagine, because he's not there either. And so is Nightcrawler. He's off being a that, demon. That's interesting to think about how, because that's a, a part of all of the confusion is how and when is this yeah, when is relationship this to like, Sins of Sinister. How is this? Yeah, because woof, Sins of Sinister. Sweet. Boogly moogly. Mike, I was going to say great balls of fire. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Okay, so acknowledging that I'm going to have to live the rest of my life in turmoil because Beast just gets to be Beast now and I'm not going to get my sweet, sweet vindication of his you know, downfall. You know who's going after him, though. Wolverine. Absolutely. 100%. And you know and who he's going to team up with. Maverick. Absolutely. Let's go. So you'll get your story and the council gets to be the worst in your mind. Ah! I just... Oof, I had and a lot Scott, of rage. Scott gets to kill all the brood. Why are we talking about this again? <laughs> rage. <laughs> just, rage. We're, really we're silly today. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Rage. Hey, look, it's the data page, y'all. The Chronicler has returned. Talking about the inside scoop of Colossus's mindset. It's so interesting to think like if you hide in the darkness, the darkness of Krakoa will find you. But if you put yourself in the middle of it all, it's less likely that you'll be investigated. Right. Right. Who's going to suspect Colossus? He's a council member now. He's like the the chaperone of X-Force. He's the golden boy. Also, I know it's it's just because like... Storm is recommending it from a standpoint of, oh, well, Beast ran amok with things and we can't let that happen again. So we have to have a council member step in. But it's a little bit like, I don't try not to think about it this way because it was another woman who made the suggestion. But I'm like, oh, now a woman's leading the team. So we have to have a man kind of be her babysitter Hmm. while she leads the team. Like, why can't Sage just lead the team? We all know Sage is respectable. Come on, Storm. I mean, we don't. We know that as a character and we know that as a reader, but do we know how she'll take it? Do we, do we know that she'll actually agree with the decision to not go after Beast or will this team pursue him on their own? Well, they're X-Force. They can do whatever they want. Look away, Xavier. No, that got taken away. Oh. Carte Blanche, no more. That is... So, but Beast can still do it. Freaking hypocrite. He's not of Krakoa anymore. He's removed himself from the island. Krakoa is not where all mutants have to live. The fact that he is now operating as an independent agent outside of the nation, we have no control. That is just a... If Beast was a white man, I would be like, this is some white privilege BS. Sure. Because when he's in charge, he can do whatever he wants. But now... X-Force can't do whatever they want, but Beast can still do whatever he wants because he's not part of X-Force. Let's he ruined, just continue he ru- to make excuses for why Beast can be an idiot. He ruined it on his way out, and now we can't trust X-Force. Anyway, it's a title page. It's called New Blood. Internal Affairs. Written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Robert Gill. Colors, Guru EFX. Letters, Joe Caramagna. VC, Joe Caramagna. Joshua Kassara and Dean White on that cover. Now we can get to the rest of the issue, which I actually enjoyed very I, much. I like this whole thing. Yes. Right? I, I feel like that's what we talk about occasionally when it makes you feel things. Right. When you're frustrated with a character's decision because you're invested in the story, that's a good book, regardless of whether or not you agree with it. Right. A hundred percent. Our space pirates. 
are space assassins who just have this cocktail of science experiments gone wrong created by beasts. And they're like, hey, let's throw this at someone. Let's just drop them on Krakoa and see what happens. Pull a Cordyceps Jones and just start throwing things at the Earth. (laughs) Meanwhile, it's time to build a new X-Force base. So Deadpool and Omega Red are having a little bit of fun with Black Tom. Yeah. Let's make a Mount Rushmore, Deadpool style. With so many Deadpool heads and so many ridiculous things from him. A bidet in every room. Oh my God. When he asks Omega Red, like, what were you thinking? And Omega (laughs) Red lays out like the most intense, ridiculous torture chamber. A soundproof room. A simple chair over a good drain sits in the center of it. Hooked chains hang from the ceiling. There is a fully stocked tool bench along with a tray of surgical instruments and a car battery with jumper cables. That was unsettlingly specific. (laughs) Just look at Black Tom's face. (laughs) Black Tom is so uncomfortable. You'd be giving Black Tom the willies. But it's fine because Sage is here and she's got bigger and better plans. Ah. How much do you love the new X-Force canopy treehouse? I do. I really do. I love it. Is it's it, so cool. Is it not on Krakoa? Is that what they're saying? or is it just No, because, it's like above. Like it's high enough that it's... Sits above it? It's above Krakoa while still being within Krakoa. I wonder if it can come alive and walk away and become an underwater base. Ugh. Sage is not a hacker, though. That's what we learn in this data page. She's so much more and so much more eloquent than just hacking into stuff. It's reappropriating, right? How do you take something old and make it new? Reinvest in it. Take the things that you learn from it and do something better. And I would just like to point out, but maybe with our within our existing code, we have been missing something critical, a moral matrix that I will do my very best to construct because you can still get to the bottom of things and do undercover business without being a freaking murderer. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Colossus allows that to happen. Probably not. Probably not. Meanwhile, take a shot. (laughs) And then take a shot. I love it. This is what Laura does in her spare time. Mm -hmm. Green Lagoon drinking games with the heavy hitters. Hustling them too. When so we get the setup of the game. We're doing shots, and then we're punching each other in the face. And then you see these two panels as she digs her claw into the ground well, to stabilize her as she gets hit. And also, do they not know that she has a healing factor, and the alcohol will not affect her in the same way that it will affect them? Sure. Like they have to know that going into it. I mean, I, I'd say comparably, all of these guys in their size, a shot is not going to do anything to them. Not to say something about all bartenders, but Fred works at the bar day in and day out. I'm sure he's slinging them back every now and then. Yeah. And, I just, and now I've also changed the game. I'm not punching you. I'm cutting at your kneecaps. Yeah. Y'all are done. Because I'm a Wolverine. No, I'm not a Wolverine. I'm the Wolverine. Yeah. Did you learn this game from your old man? Sage is here and it's time to talk. Just a word. I just want to hang out. I just want to talk. I got a, a sales pitch. A little PowerPoint to tell you, hey, I need a Wolverine. And a perfectly timed random attack from the sky in order for Laura to save these same three children who always appear at X-Force. Ben has to name these kids, right? They don't have any names. They're just the children, the, the wayward children of X-Force. <laughs> like They have more panel time than some mutants that I grew up with. Yeah, it's true. They're always around. They're always just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Little Bird is what I want to call him because he looks like baby Big Bird. He's got to be one of Beak's kids, no? 
Uh, maybe. He's a little older than they were when we first saw them in New Mutants. Tentacle ass. <laughs> Bumpy forehead. Yeah, that's, you got it. You're, good thing you don't name the mutants. His first draft. We'll get better. Bumpy forehead. That was a joke. You're laughing. It worked. Uh, well, it's fine because Laura's going to save them along with Sage. And Sage is going to be like, doesn't that feel good? It Don't does. you like being a hero on a and team? It, and it looks great, too. Mm-hmm. I love these shots. Oh, yeah. And I love the just I just I love a good color coordinated team. And just seeing the two of them fight together in their black and yellow. It's pretty good. And guess what? The rest of X-Force is here to fight. Including our mystery man who just pops out of nowhere. With his, he literally is giving me like the time, like like when Jafar makes himself into an old man. Oh Aladdin yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Comes into the cave and he's like, he, you can do it, Street Rats. Yeah. And Quentin's like, hey, I got a long beard and clearly I came from time travel shenanigans and I'm here. Help me. I, I hope we get some more insight as to where he's been, what he's been doing, how this has happened to him, and, and just everything that was left with questions when he disappears. We need lots of answers to a lot of things. The ghost calendars coming at you next. Issue 40. All right. I want to hear it. Where are you at? How are you feeling? Let's, let's take it in two parts. Okay. About the issue first. It was a great issue. I loved it. Well written, high stakes, and I'm really excited about, you know, with the exception of Colossus being a definite troublemaker. Oh, yeah. That's part of the fun. I am excited about the new team dynamics. And the team has been getting better and better yeah. as we go, right? Deadpool and Omega Red have been excellent additions. I'm thrilled. I'm really excited about Laura. Taking away Logan to give the extra ability to focus on individual characters, not having that centerpiece as to, well, we have to develop him to go into this Wolverine story. No, no, we have Laura to be able to slash and stab and be a loner, but also with a bunch of friends. I think it's, in you know... I think Laura would be more susceptible, especially as we saw her in Exterminators, to making friends and not being as much of a loner as Logan is. And then you've got Omega Red, who also is trying to like fit in. And, and you know, I appreciate what's happening with Omega Red because he's still Omega Red. But, you know, that moment when Deadpool and Black Tom were asking him what he wanted, like, he wasn't, like, that wasn't a joke. That was him, like, really opening up and being, like, I'm being vulnerable and honest with you. This is what I want. Are we building this thing together or not? Like, I I want a torture room. Right. Can I have a torture room? We are the CIA. We need a torture room. (sighs) And especially knowing what he's been doing or not knowing what he's been doing in the, the shadow room. Yeah. I feel like it would be interesting to see it's going to be interesting to see Omega Red in parallel with what's happening with Colossus because I feel like Omega Red will pick up on some of the shady business like he's like I know shady business ah uh, maybe it just feels very slow played and very you know like, what is he doing that is actually suspicious that is actually known to people. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows, right? Right. Well, not yet. Kayla knew some stuff, but... He kills her. Right? All he had been doing... I was going back and forth with 
Longbox Lounge on Instagram talking about what's been going on with the Chronicler and with Colossus because they haven't been reading it and they're interested in it because Colossus is on the team now. Right. And I was like, do you know what's been going on with Colossus? Because not many people do know unless you've been reading Inferno. or uh, Yes, Inferno, but X-Force, right? Right. It's been building the Chronicler in the background. I still am fascinated by his power and I just, it speaks to the long game planning that Ben has been working with the entire time. Right. And that's great. Yes. I... I'm really excited to see where that thread goes. But at the same time, all these books are building up and I'm getting like excited to see how stuff's happening. And then what's happening? Because the way Sins of Sinister is going, we don't even know. Like, uh, I can't, life as we know it is exploding. Yeah, but there will be life elsewhere. You know, I just I was reading Jerry's newsletter today and the way that he talks that the one about that I'm in. You are in Jerry's newsletter in a Hellfire Gala walk at LA Comic-Con. Photo, selfie with Jerry. Great shot. You and Michelle and the rest of the crew. But the way that he talks about it as the start of the next phase, you know, he is even acknowledging this isn't the end of Krakoa. This is the next after Destiny of X. Mm -hmm. This is the fall of X. This is just going to be a status quo shift that hopefully we're going to keep Krakoa. And I think that we are. Yeah, in some capacity. The fact that when Hickman left, the X office was talking about having broad strokes plans for the next three years. We're not at that point yet. Right. We're just hitting up to where would be the broad strokes plan of the next three or so years. And then they will likely do whatever's next. I'd imagine that this is hitting to a point that Hickman wanted to start going to back when he was going to leave. This shift from the council, this shift from... And, and then there's the question so evan was wondering what is still a part of hickman's plan what is and there there is some gray area in that because they have his master plan right but they've been able to divert from that they've been able well, to I add think, new things i think the the orcus of it all right like clearly he was building to something happening with orcus and yeah. now we're getting that because that's who the threat, you know, the looming threat of the war with Orcus and all of this. I feel like that's what you're saying is exactly right. Like that's the place that Hickman Wanted would have go. taken it next. Yeah. But we we basically put in a bunch of pit stops along the way. Well, just just more world building. We sure. let it breathe a little more. Well, the fact that in that conversation on the 60 years experience where Hickman said that he, his intention was not to make Moira a villain. Right. Right. And to see how Moira has changed in that narrative have become a high point in Orcus's power structure to know that Phalong and Stasis came from Jerry's X-Men run that only happened after Hickman decided to exit. Right. Right. This giving character and giving development to Orcus, which arguably should have been happening in more of the foreground than just the background of what we had gotten before. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. For sure. Before right. we get on too much of a tangent, do we have any other questions? Oh, we got or a anything? bunch of questions. We have, I mean, the other part that I was going to say is where are you at with the council and with the decision? I'm just really mad about it. Yeah. It feels really frustrating because only because of the fact that we keep getting teased with this satisfying 
<laughs> moment of taking Beast down and sure. every time we're thwarted. And I know that that's good storytelling. And I know that's what Ben Percy wants us to feel. And I know that eventually we've got to get some sort of vindication. But the the immediate decision from so many of the council members to just, meh, let it go. It's fine. It's not a thing. I was livid. I was reading the comic and I kept putting it down and I was like, oh no, no, you did not just say that. No, this is what we're doing. And then when Emma and Shaw started going at it, I was like, all right, so that's just, and and even like Storm, you know, like she said something, she put her foot down for like 2.5 seconds and then she let it go. And I was like, we're just doing this so quickly. Well, And then she added the fact of oversight, right? How do you build something better? You don't just say, let's go with it. Let's just not do anything. I think she was furious about the fact that they weren't going to go after Hank. But what can we do as a nation that controls these parts of us? We can't. What are you going to do? Are you going to hunt him down for what he could potentially do? The evil that he could potentially do? Are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) It's not for the evil that he could potentially do. It is for the literal evil that he is doing from the ocean. Yeah. He is doing it. And yes, there is the point of like, we need to build a better way, but that doesn't mean that you just ignore the previous problem and say, well, until we can think of a new solution, let's just let him run rampant. Like, no, take take that out of the equation so then you can focus on how to be better from there. Sure, yeah. And they're just like, no. No. And I will literally like get so frazzled about this for six hours if you let me, so please carry on to the questions or something because i'm sure someone else has something to say well i I mean i still have something to say okay you say your bit the award for the most pragmatically infuriating council meeting goes to our quiet council and just the fact that you know shady government business aside this was a really great issue good pickup on the threads that have been brewing here for Sage's leadership of X-Force, interested in how Piotr mingles into that and how everyone else will factor in as they vie for power between the two of them. What is it with these secret villains? Why is Omega Red more more of a hero than two classic X-Men? Because Krakoa is a fresh start. It's a fresh start. You can do whatever you want. You wanted to be a bad guy? Here you go. You can only do whatever you want if you're Beast. I mean, you can do whatever you want if you're Emma. She's been doing whatever she wants. But, I say nothing. But that's okay. Double standard. Emma is not going out and slaughtering people. <laughs> that you know. Blonde China said, somebody <sighs> check the council. It's not giving accountability. I'm down with the fall of X, LMAO. Yeah, let's go, Blonde China. We'll take them down together. Right. VC's Blonde China. Uh, Patriot noise. <laughs> <laughs> Warline had a couple of points, just especially Emma calling Beast the ally of the Inhumans being weird, considering that she was the villain of that era and not the Inhumans as she tried to mess up evidence to start a war, which, you know, I just you're trying to save your own face. Yeah, right. Like you're the hero. Everyone's the hero of their own story. Yeah, yeah. I love that he calls out Deadpool is being Warline with those deep cut references. (laughs) He's like, well, uh, actually, we never talked about this. Yes, yes. That's awesome. (laughs) Xavier defending Beast was so weird, but not as weird as Emma doing it. Because <laughs> that was just, that well, just felt, yeah. Yeah, and especially because she's like. Been seated to have right, this like, distrust of him. Right, and and it was like, isn't she the one who said like, oh, you have no idea. There's so many more things that he did. Right. 
Emma, disappointed in you. Get it? Get it. No, I'm disappointed in you. Beta Reno said, The council's reaction was frustrating, but also painfully realistic. A government absolutely would be okay with this. Protecting Krakoan interests and plausible deniability. Of course, most are fine with it. With all this lingering sentiment around the council, what if the fall of X was just the fall of the current system of government? Yes, good. Goodbye. Right? And I think that that's, we've been talking about that. And is it the fall of the nation? Is it the fall of the structure of the nation as we know it? What comes from that? I think we were talking about it with comic extracts mm. on Instagram saying, without Krakoa, without this council, these figureheads of mutantdom bringing everyone to the table, knowing that, okay, there's a place for me here being able to provide for this paradise, where do they go? Do they go off into their sub subgroups and subsects? Do we get some new intermingling of that, some new perspective of what they want to do to be a hero, to be a villain, to be the shady in between? Ugh. I think that's probably why it's so frustrating to me is like, it just, it's, it's a frustration I have with just society. Sure. And so then like when it's also in my comics, I'm like, okay, I appreciate your parallels, but this is infuriating and it infuriates me on a level that is more than just, oh, the story is making me mad. It's like, oh, this kind of like disregard for morality and caring about other people and only doing whatever best suits you is just something that really ruffles my feathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I hear that. House of Rhetorica said, I think it's finally time to start Ben Percy's stint here. I dropped out around Ten of Swords, so I might start over, question mark. So around Ten of Swords, that was, what, issue like 13 or so? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I... No, I'm searching my brain. Yes. I'm, I'm, beep, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> and that had, that had the good stories of Domino and the Terra Verde, which does come back, especially with the Hellfire Gala. So it would be worth checking out. And I think X-Force, early X-Force was pretty strong. Yeah. I mean, in general, every, everybody kind of questioned what I was, what people were doing around Ten of Swords. Like, what? Where what am is I? happening? What, what's happening? Do I want to continue or am I playing it safe? I'd say it's worth reading. And in general, except for that surfing bubs issue oh, <laughs> and then a couple other points here and there i've enjoyed x-force darren is just a teacher said that i love how percy is using x-men as his nuanced threats first beast now colossus and i think that's just that speaks to the themes of krakoa this idea of villains are no longer villains right heroes not necessarily heroes how do you judge who is on the right side of it when they're acting for their group interest versus fighting against each other? Yeah. They're a society. Longbox Lounge was asking if Colossus will get a big role in X-Force, thinking about adding it to the poll list. I think he is. I think he's been teased as he is. And then we started getting into the details around Piotr's development recently. I, I mean, I, I hope that the whole Mikhail Chronicler thing does come to fruition and, and is featured but i'm really i would be really disappointed if we don't get also a lot of sage and like getting to see sage like actually take charge and be a leader instead of it being like kind of like okay what she did was she she gathered a new team she sort of like slapped the re- the guys around for a second and said yeah, focus yeah. we're doing something new and now we're going to focus on colossus like i want that story but i also I want to see Sage get to live in this new role and explore this new 
idea that she has for what X-Force can be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think Sage and Laura, like, they're the now the only two females on the team. Domino. Domino. Duh. Domino wasn't even in this issue. Yeah, she's in a background shot, but yeah, she doesn't really do much. Mike loves Mariah Carey said the council was rage inducing. Happy to see Sage running things and Wolverine joining. Deadpool's Mount Rushmore and Bidet's was hilarious. Happy to see Quentin back. Right? Great all moves all around. I agree with all of that. Right? Rage now, inducing for sure. <laughs> and now we still have our grumpy old man on the team. Right? Yeah. Wolverine's personas have been divided amongst two characters. <laughs> and we're good. Are you ready for our final book? I, pff, woof. I don't know, man. I don't know. I what mean, do you mean, yes, but like, whoa. The, the this cover? book was crazy. The, yeah. The cover's crazy. This cover has been the, the thing making me question what was going on. This is the, the reason why I thought Mother Righteous was after the big prize in the end all along. Mm, this cover. Yeah. And just the fact that uh, I never trusted her as a good person. Oh, you have to bring that up, don't you? Always, my dear. Let's get into it. Page turn noise. Mother continues to amass power. Yeah, just this like background of her being like, I waited while this thing went down. I waited while this thing went down. I've been here forever, just waiting for my moment. I had all these things already set. I had the Reliquary Perilous already built up. I just was like, why not? I'll grab these. I'll grab this. A phoenix egg? Let's go. And then the fact that she's continuing to clone the Nightkin. Because and why are, not? Like, clearly having other mutations or like oh, yeah, things yeah. happening to them because she's doing it clearly improperly. Oh, yeah. I mean, she has not done the years of training in this as Sinister or even Stasis has. And just to be like the way just that she is really just leaning into the manipulation of did you question your faith? In me at all? Well, then you better prove your faith by going and killing Throw yourself. Throw yourself to the wall. And, you know, you think about it as you get to the end of this issue. It needs all of this to weaken every time it's hit. It gets weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. Yeah. And okay, but like, she just has no soul, this one. No, because she She's knows. just killing everyone just to get more power well because she knows she quote unquote needs it to get her ultimate goal which is to literally kill everyone but also her her power seems to fuel similarly to that storyline that was happening in legion of x where you know the more renowned you are the stronger you are sure and so she's like having that the, the thanks to her is corrupting their souls and putting them in servitude to her. Yeah. It's, it's what she's been trying to do all along. Is that she had in Immoral X-Men 2 had Sinister thank her, right? Yeah. You know, here's this book. Here's this insight. But you have to thank me first. Yeah. It's like some weird little twisted magical power she has. Some spell. Enchantment. And Nemesis is pulling an ego because what is this flying ship face? Giant ship face. But he's the smartest, coolest fungus around. Science! <laughs> and he's letting her know, guess what? Sinister's there. He's at the lab. Yeah. Emma's on his tail. The Brotherhood's got him. Everyone is coming together in this one moment. All your enemies are gathered at once. 
And now send out those spores, smart guy, and find me what else could have been Destiny's backup to her backup plan. Because this recap, the whole motivation of Destiny, the fact that she wanted to save this life, to save this universe because it gave her an opportunity to spend time with her wife. Eventually, when they die, she obviously is going to have another plan to get another crack at it. Right, to reset it. And then we get this data page where we learn of the, the different trajectories of the earth of the eater of sin mm-hmm. in, in one way and the lonely bullet and we don't know what either of those things are not yet not yet we find out the lonely bullet is Cain rage screaming throughout eternity Be- <laughs> uh, and why does the target look like the target logo did they have to do that yes target it's a, it's a title page. Counting bodies like sheep. The Sacred Heart, part 10. Written by Cy Spurrier. Art by Lorenzo Tometa and Philip Sevi. Colors by Rain Barreto. Letters Clayton Coles. He sees Clayton Coles. Lionel Francis Yu and Sonny Go on the cover. I don't know if you noticed that this obviously is a different art team and two artists versus the one that had been doing the first two issues of this year. Yes. Which I think is... Interesting, different. I, I wonder if there was a scheduling conflict or something came up that these two other artists had to step in because I believe I've read that that it was supposed to be, yeah, the right. same artist on all three issues of each year, right? And I believe it was Al's newsletter that I was reading saying that these two artists stepped in. It could have also been Karen's, but I don't know. I read a lot of newsletters in the last day and a half. <laughs> um, but what's her name? Mommy Fortune, Auntie Fortune, <laughs> <laughs> Mommy. Tell me a story. Auntie Fortune's here. Tell me a story of the spark. Oh, my God. Just like all of these, it's time, all of you, kin, crawler kin, it's time for the giant mass sacrifice. Like, this is some culty, culty stuff. It's what it's always been, to have this religion assemble over a thousand years, to, to just actually get the inside thoughts of Mother Righteous as she's saying how stupid their entire religion is or their entire yeah, song just is just like you fools i've manipulated you and and auntie fortune is like yo it didn't work you said this was gonna work this was gonna be the way we got in i ah, don't worry we're seeing it, it weakened it enough and now we get what we need and then she but then she's got the the goal to ask her to then do it after she's like you know you just watched all those other crawlers kill themselves for me and it did nothing now it's your turn. But before that, we catch up with the spirit of Vengeance Galactus. Oh, All yeah. the other spirits infesting Galactus's body and soul. Mm-hmm. Having chased Vox Ignis over the last however many years, putting him exactly where we needed him to be. A lovely distraction. Because... Destiny knew. Yeah. And here's the thing. He's like, Mother Righteous at this point, she's so convinced that she's she's winning. She's done everything that she needs to do. She's throwing like all her formalities, all her masking like right out the door. Sure, yeah. She's like just showing all her cards. She's like, listen, I don't need you. I'm fine. Everything's fine. You, Wild card. Yeah, Watch out. You can sass me all you want to sass me, but it doesn't matter because I've already won. The true villain is hubris. 
<laughs> Enter the juggernaut, exit the juggernaut. This trick shot page. Yeah. Just beautiful. Just it's, ridiculous. Yeah, gorgeous. And then he goes, get... he crashes through, but not quite enough. Yeah, you know, we've we've revealed the coconut center, but now we need to crack open that shell. And like this is what I'm talking about, about Mother Righteous just straight up being like, she does not even give a, a crap anymore. Auntie Fortune's like, but, and she's like, yeah, yeah, for the spark and all that. Just do it for for that yeah, nonsense. There's no charade of the religion. There's no trying to play it up as, yeah, this is a real thing that I know you believe in. She's like, you have to do it because you have to. Just throw your soul against the wall. Now, let's enter the lab and let me evil villain monologue myself to you, Vox Ignis. This weapon, this reliquary perilous. I gotta say, I'm not thrilled that... The only mention we're getting of Rasputin is her in this like background image of being part of the things that Mother Righteous is collecting to bring back in time. I'd agree with that. I think that that definitely confirms that it was Mother Righteous that had reached out to Rasputin. Yes, right? for sure. And, and so is this the fact that Rasputin is a part of this? Is that what we get later on in Immortal? Right. Poor... The banshee part of Vox Ignis that right. sees Moira and the way he's like, Moira? Right. What? I, I still remember. I still remember what you did to me. Yeah, it was wiped from your mind. Ooh, the Ace of Hearts database. Right, so this raw power, this ability to send a message in a bottle back in time from an erased timeline to share the experience, the power, the knowledge amassed, and somehow plop it back into the 616. That's nuts. It's nuts. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't really understand how it works. It's like a magical relic that travels through time. It's like sure. a time capsule. Yeah, yeah. But then who does it inform? Well, didn't she rip that heart out of herself? Uh, it's from her magic orbs. So I would imagine it would like go back inside her in some way. So I don't know how that's going to. Yeah, I don't. How is that going to play out now? Right. And and just knowing the mechanics of how the Moira machine has previously been working. Does this overwrite that? Does this say. Right. And it seems like she needs this baby to be the, the, the guide, the right? thing that brings it back. And she she's not going to have that as an option or whoever is not going to have that as an option. So. Right. She's getting ready to crack open this Moira soda and see what's inside, see what we can do. And sacrifice that baby. Gotta get that baby. But um, listen. And, and also to just sacrifice. Hey, the, we got to travel back a thousand years and it's going to get hungry. So I'm taking the spirit back. Yeah. Sorry, Banshee. You are literally a thousand years old. There's no way that you should be able to move and, and fight like this. But... This moment. Yes. I've been waiting 900 years. Get the bleep away from my baby. Oh, man. I'm glad she got the cowl back, too. Yes. This is this is the Wagnerine that I like. Oh, yeah. And the slish of that claw coming out. Man, you waited all this time just to fail in the last moment, grandstanding about it all as... Banshee sneaks up and stabs her in the foot. Well, Banshee's been fighting the spirit within him for so long, questioning what Mother Righteous is up to while, 
you know, there's there's been this back and forth of like, is it, should we follow her? Something in me tells me I shouldn't. And so now that he's completely separated, he's just like, nah. No, Mm-mm. I know. You are wrong. I'm not letting this fly. But still, she's like, you fool. I will kill you. I'll just kill you. And then what is it all worth? Well, it's worth a really great distraction like you threw at me. Oh, everyone forgets about the tail. That was great. That's how stasis went, right? Yeah. I just can't believe. Like, I was like, what? So many times in this book, I was like, what? Yeah, that was crazy. And just how much changes at this end. Wagnerine is disinterested in resetting this and doing anything it's gonna it'll all happen what's it matter uh well she also is like i just fought for 900 years to get my baby i have no disinterest in i have no interest in resetting the timeline and losing my baby sure right and i do appreciate the way that she she stabs mother righteous and then she Gives her a few more stabs just to make sure that like... You know, it, it was 900 years in the making. We needed to do it. Just make sure she's really dead. Right. Banshee's prob's not going to survive. And... Ooh, man. Well, there's, uh, there's nothing... comes back? Nothing matters so much as being in charge of your own story before the end. Being in charge of your own story. Well said, Sean. I just don't understand. So I I was like, you know, we had this conversation. Like, is she going to go back to the lab and take one of the bodies for her own and put herself back in a body? No. Well, okay. No. Doesn't she look like she's back in a body? No, she's still in her robot Moira form. She is going to reset the timeline and somehow inform herself with this knowledge. What's she going to do? Put that heart inside this clone? Yeah, she's got to use it to kill. So I don't know if it's because she controls the power. She controls the, the Reliquary Perilous that that indicates where it goes. That's a little muddled. Yeah, because it seemed like the baby was the... The guide, right. The thing that shot it through time or whatever. Well, no, the baby was the guide to be able to get it to where whoever sent them wanted it to go. So, Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that goes, but we will find out. It's not great. We'll find out next week. In Dominion. What do you think? Yeah, that's fair. It's crazy. It's great. I mean, I'm glad. Super pumped for Wagnerine. Just coming back. Slaying. Love that. Love that it's not, you know, there's a twist. Mother Righteous did the dirty, but she also got killed. So, whoops, yeah. didn't whoops. win. Sorry. Moira coming in at the last second is just like, you know, we talked about her being a contender and all of this. So that's, whew, that's crazy. But it was the, just, it the was Rasputin just... part of it, I'm, I'm bummed about. And I'm not sure, like, that she can really do anything and come back in Dominion if she's inside the... Yeah. Right, that that the part relic, I wasn't expecting. You know? I was just predicting last week, thinking, okay, well, we don't necessarily know what happened to Rasputin, but the fact that she gave herself to Mother Righteous, seemingly, as an attempt to undo what Sinister was trying to do, it makes sense for her character and how she was lied to and, and mistreated. Right. 
just to be lied to and mistreated again. Sure. Right. Sorry. What did you think? Woof. (laughs) This issue went crazy with the twists and the reveals, which is kind of ridiculous that it was all unknown. Like some of these things, Mother Righteous's true motives. We, We knew in the sense that it's been kind of breadcrumbed along the way over the last couple of issues, but to get some of these, you know, some of the things that we did guess on the podcast mm-hmm. to actually be revealed in this final issue or penultimate issue. Love the evolution of Mother's work over those last 900 years. The fact that she has just been steady on her goal. Yeah. No real mention of Rasputin other than that one panel where she's alluded to and what's happened. So I'd be curious to see what we get either in Dominion or on the other side in Immortal. Right. Yeah. I just, oh, Kieran's newsletter. So oh, yeah. I had posted it in the Instagram story and I actually just responded to someone on Twitter with it. This idea of what's going to happen, what what did any of this matter? Kieran had written in his newsletter, Next week, Dominion with Paco and Lucas, where I start collecting signed apologies from anyone who said that the crossover wouldn't impact Krakoa. That is like a statement that makes me feel like I need uh, therapy. Before anything has even started. Sure, sure. I just feel like the next few months are going to be just absolute bananas. Well, especially like Sins so, of Sinister ending, Fall of X starting, and, the Hellfire Gala. Knowing how it's going to brew in X Men, too. Yeah. And even in these other, which is Genesis and Apocalypse going back in Immortal, uh, in Red, the destruction of the Council in Immortal, like all these things, everything's on fire. <laughs> We thought it was bad in Inferno. What's Everything is now? on fire. At least it's warm. JP Didomasso asked, how is Moira still alive? And it is largely because of her cybernetics, right? Mm-hmm. So she, through ex-deaths of Wolverine, became into this robot body, which lives until the end of time, I guess. And I mean, it's a robot. So. Right, right, sure. And, and even to call back to, what was that, Life 6 when, or Life 9, I'm not sure, when she lives with Wolverine doing these blood infusions, mm. right? She has this knowledge, this way of surviving. This is her ultimate goal, is to become a part of a Dominion. Right. Comic extracts, laughing about it. Do we still think Mother Righteous might be the hero? Question uh, mark. Ha, 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 everyone. Burn from Daniel. Admitting that I was wrong, okay? Yeah. He liked Nightcrawlers much better than the last Storm issue. Thrilling. Ready for Dominion. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for Dominion too because I just like, I don't understand how it's going to happen. How's yeah. it going to go back? And like, how is it going to affect everything? Because like we were just talking about with those other issues, there's still stuff happening. Right. Like there's ongoing things that are happening on Krakoa that's like if Moira's resetting. Well, so that that's the distinction, I think, in the data page of it's not necessarily resetting. It's sending it back. And so none of this will have happened because... It's sending the information back through this mystical thing and then going. It's not about changing the ending. It's about changing the start. So it'll reset what none of that will have happened. Right. But all of that knowledge and information will go back to that point where it might have happened. And I don't know when it will start, depending on which Moira you kill. Right. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying is like how far are we going back and but we know it's not going back till it's going back till after judgment day yeah essentially right after judgment day what i wonder 
But it's just the question of like of the events that have been taking place on Krakoa after the Judgment Day crossover ended, how many of those will be affected in like like exactly right where we are with X Force? Right. You well, know? What I'm thinking about is where we're at with War College and that Moira that's trying to unleash who's in the pit. Sinister is in the pit, technically, based on where we're at with right. Immortal. So, ooh, uh, yeah, it's just hard to know until you know because you don't know where the timeline is. Yeah, and, and the fact that they're all in a room talking to each other about this, you know that they have done this mental gymnastics many times. Yes, because they know there are people who are going to question every ounce of the writing, every ounce of the timeline that they possibly can. Yeah, Blanchina said... Yo, Mama R, stay talking trash about the Bamps. She really can't be bothered, LMFAO. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I love it. She's I do. literally like, I'm not gonna sugarcoat this for you. Just go blow yourself up for me. Yeah. And he's wondering what deal Rasputin made with Mama R. Looks like she's part of the magic virus cheat code. So that's how she comes to the real six one six. Yeah. I think so. He also sent in some some live reactions as he was reading it into the question box. Who exactly is going back with this Ace of Hearts? Banshee can't catch a break. And then, oh, Moira. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. Yes. That reveal. That was crazy. Darren is just a teacher calling out everyone forgets the tale. Yes. Epic. Warline saying that Nightcrawlers is the best issue of the year 1000, but... The only problem it has is Galactus. A juggernaut bullet shouldn't be able to kill him. It took three Celestials with their full power to kill Galactus. And I'd only question if the influence of the spirits had anything. No, it's because he's been flying through the sky for hundreds of years, building up momentum and like... Rage. Yeah, like he's an unstoppable force that's been collecting momentum and energy for a thousand years. And then just... Pushes through his brain. It's just, yeah, it's just a science thing. Oh. oh. Yeah, that's right. It's just a science thing. All right, Dr. Nemesis. <laughs> calm down. Science. Mike Loves Mariah Carey said the Juggernaut trick shot was an amazing panel. I think I was the only one wondering what happened to the Juggernaut after the Thanos kill. Like, nobody cared, right? They just, they just sent him out into space. We well, yeah, they thought, doesn't matter. Who cares? He's just, he'll come back, maybe. I don't know. Doesn't but, matter. But Destiny knew where he was going to come back. And she put did. that lab directly in the pathway. Yeah. Setting it up. Knocking it down. Vaderino, Nightcrawlers, finally, we see what ha- what she has been about. The Juggy Bullet was fantastic on so many layers and answers what I suspected. Destiny knew she was going to die, but also knew it wouldn't matter because she had put them in position for the reset to still eventually happen. I'm calling it a W for her, or at least a tie. Also, poor Banshee simply cannot catch a break. Seems like every year we have a very special Banshee must suffer issue. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> Banshee. Banshee. But yeah, it's actually kind of a nice, you know. It's a tradition. Right. It's like M-Day or, or what? M- Victory over Mutants Day that they were trying to set and celebrate at the last Hellfire Gala. Stasis and Phalong and Moira. Oh, I'm those talking. dummies. <sighs> Are you, has, has the rage settled? No. <laughs> Are you mad at me? No. All right, good. Slightly, I know that you like agree with them, and so I feel like I could get into it. Like we've been doing this thing, y'all, where we go for walks on the afternoon in the afternoons, and I 
Justin got home from work and I had finished reading the comic and I just, I wanted to go off so bad about the council, but I was like, save it, save it, right. save it. But just know that I'll probably bring it up in our life from time to time, just out of sheer rage because I just, I'm so, the council? I'm so mad about it. Yeah. Like, I can't get, I can't get back into mm-hmm. it right now. Yeah. Well, we'll see how soon. I'll let you guys know when it comes up just randomly. Just randomly. You know who wouldn't do that? Storm. Because I just it's it's more like you're just gonna you're just gonna let him do it. Yeah. You just you did dirty. You're all dirty and disgusting. I'm gonna say it, all of them. Emma is dirty and disgusting. Kate's being dirty and disgusting. She didn't say anything. She just kept quiet. She just, just sat there and let it happen. Yeah. I feel like that is the interesting part, too, as we were talking about the council members around the room who wasn't there, right? To have Nightcrawler and Sinister off whatever they're doing. Right. Where, however, this takes place in this timeline. Yeah. Because we're getting to a point after next week, which is interesting, what is also coming next week and how that might play out in what else is revealed well why don't you tell me what's coming well invincible iron man just kind of just doing its own thing Mm -hmm. right definitely will be in the lineup but also must in some way play into war college because phalong's in both books yes and no i mean he's a bad guy and hangs out and doing other things he's amassing power in the distance Mm -hmm. but that's the one with emma on the cover yes it will be in the poll, just letting you know. Okay. All right. Deadpool number five. Okay, we'll see what happens there. Doing his own thing, completely unrelated to anything Sins of Sinister. Captain Britain number three, mm. also multiverse, other world, elsewhere, not impacted by Sins of Sinister, and Sins of Sinister, Dominion. Mm. So it's a yeah. solid week. Yeah, but it could it very well be like three books that have nothing to do with what ends up happening. So, timing-wise, I guess that would make sense. Right. No, that's perfect. So then the aftermath can unfold. And then we get to see... After that. On May 3rd, afterwards. Now, I just want to see what else is... Oh, oh. That's when we get our first Sons of X book. That's a... Ooh. Before the fall. Oh, geez. And Immortal X-Men number 11. Oh, man. Don't get ahead of yourself. Stop looking at it. I'm living in the future. Get out of there. You're going to see a spoiler and you're going to get upset. I've already seen all these covers. Nothing you can tell me. Scarlet Witch is that week. Will she be in the poll? We'll figure it out. Oh, gosh, golly. (laughs) Because otherwise, there's just two books. Two books? We'll have to do like a big Sins of Sinister retrospective or something. I don't know. Or it's just one time we have a shorter episode. Yeah, that's true. All right, well... I'll probably be mad forever, so until next time, old friend. Charles. You're the worst. Everybody is. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan.